the contradictory couple from sketches of young couples this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by bill mosley charles dickens two hundredth anniversary collection volume five the contradictory couple from sketches of young couples by charles dickens one would suppose that two people who are to pass their whole lives together and must necessarily be very often alone with each other could find little pleasure in mutual contradiction and yet what is more common than a contradictory couple the contradictory couple agree in nothing but contradiction they return home from mrs bluebottle's dinner party each in an opposite corner of the coach and do not exchange a syllable until they have been seated for at least twenty minutes by the fireside at home when the gentleman raising his eyes from the stove all at once breaks silence what a very extraordinary thing it is says he that you will contradict charlotte i contradict cries the lady but that's just like you what's like me says the gentleman sharply saying that i contradict you replies the lady do you mean to say that you do not contradict me retorts the gentleman do you mean to say that you have not been contradicting me the whole of this day do you mean to tell me now that you have not i mean to tell you nothing of the kind replies the lady quietly when you are wrong of course i shall contradict you during this dialogue the gentleman has been taking his brandy and water on one side of the fire and the lady with her dressing-case on the table has been curling her hair on the other she now lets down her back hair and proceeds to brush it preserving at the same time an air of conscious rectitude and suffering virtue which is intended to exasperate the gentleman and does so i do believe he says taking the spoon out of his glass and tossing it on the table that of all the obstinate positive wrong-headed creatures that were ever born you are the most so charlotte certainly certainly have it your own way pray you see how much i contradict you rejoins the lady of course you didn't contradict me at dinner-time oh no not you says the gentleman yes i did says the lady oh you did cries the gentleman you admit that if you call that contradiction i do the lady answers and i say again edward that when i know you are wrong i will contradict you i am not your slave not my slave repeats the gentleman bitterly and you still mean to say that in the blackburn's new house there are not more than fourteen doors including the door to the wine-cellar 
I mean to say, retorts the lady, beating time with her hairbrush on the palm of her hand, that in that house there are fourteen doors and no more. Well, then, cries the gentleman, rising in despair and pacing the room with rapid strides, by G. Blank, this is enough to destroy a man's intellect and drive him mad. By and by the gentleman comes to a little, and passing his hand gloomily across his forehead, reseats himself in his former chair. There is a long silence, and this time the lady begins. I appeal to Mr. Jenkins, who sat next to me on the sofa in the drawing-room during tea. Morgan, you mean, interrupts the gentleman. I do not mean anything of the kind, answers the lady. Now by all that is aggravating and impossible to bear, cries the gentleman, clenching his hands and looking upwards in agony, she is going to insist upon it that Morgan is Jenkins. Do you take me for a perfect fool? exclaims the lady. Do you suppose I don't know the one from the other? Do you suppose I don't know that the man in the blue coat was Mr. Jenkins? Jenkins in a blue coat, cries the gentleman with a groan. Jenkins in a blue coat, a man who would suffer death rather than wear anything but brown. Do you dare to charge me with telling an untruth? demands the lady, bursting into tears. I charge you, ma'am, retorts the gentleman, starting up with being a monster of contradiction, a monster of aggravation, a, 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 Jenkins in a blue coat, what have I done that I should be doomed to hear such statements? Expressing himself with great scorn and anguish, the gentleman takes up his candle and stalks off to bed, where, feigning to be fast asleep when the lady comes upstairs drowned in tears, murmuring lamentations over her hard fate and indistinct intentions of consulting her brothers, he undergoes the secret torture of hearing her exclaim between whiles, I know there are only fourteen doors in the house. I know it was Mr. Jenkins. I know he had a blue coat on, and I would say it as positively as I do now if they were the last words I had to speak. If the contradictory couple are blessed with children, they are not the less contradictory on that account. Master James and Miss Charlotte present themselves after dinner, and being in perfect good humor, and finding their parents in the same amiable state, augur from these appearances half a glass of wine apiece, and other extraordinary indulgences. But unfortunately, Master James, growing talkative upon such prospects, asks his mamma how tall Mrs. Parsons is, and whether she is not six feet high, to which his mamma replies, Yes, she should think she was, for Mrs. Parsons is a very tall lady indeed, quite a giantess. "'For heaven's sake, Charlotte,' cries her husband, "'do not tell the child such preposterous nonsense. Six feet high!' "'Well,' replies the lady, "'surely I may be permitted to have an opinion, 
my opinion is that she is six feet high at least six feet now you know charlotte retorts the gentleman sternly that that is not your opinion that you have no such idea and that you only say this for the sake of contradiction you are exceedingly polite his wife replies to be wrong about such a paltry question as anybody's height would be no great crime but i say again that i believe mrs parson to be six feet more than six feet nay i believe you know her to be full six feet and only say she is not because i say she is this taunt disposes the gentleman to become violent but he checks himself and is content to mutter in a haughty tone six feet ha ha mrs parsons six feet and the lady answers yes six feet i am sure i am glad you are amused and i'll say it again six feet thus the subject gradually drops off and the contradiction begins to be forgotten when master james with some undefined notion of making himself agreeable and putting things to rights again unfortunately asks his mamma what the moon's made of which gives her occasion to say that he had better not ask her for she is always wrong and never can be right that he only exposes her to contradiction by asking any question of her and that he had better ask his papa who is infallible and never can be wrong papa smarting under this attack gives a terrible pull at the bell and says that if the conversation is to proceed in this way the children had better be removed removed they are after a few tears and many struggles and pa having looked at ma sideways for a minute or two with a baleful eye draws his pocket-handkerchief over his face and composes himself for his after-dinner nap the friends of the contradictory couple often deplore their frequent disputes though they rather make light of them at the same time observing that there is no doubt they are very much attached to each other and that they never quarrel except about trifles but neither the friends of the contradictory couple nor the contradictory couple themselves reflect that as the most stupendous objects in nature are but vast collections of minute particles so the slightest and least considered trifles make up the sum of human happiness or misery end of the contradictory couple from sketches of young couples recording by bill mosley bernardo texas u s a